Yes, folks, it's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... All right, ladies, we're back for another episode of, and I won't play the music again until the end, but we're back for another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Happy Friday Eve. Happy Friday Eve. As always on Pillars, it's Friday Eve. Yes, that's why I like this show, because we can always, like, get ready for the weekend. Well, speaking of that, Kristen, not this weekend, but next weekend, you and I have something fun coming up. We do. And, you know, the thing is, I wanted to cue that up, uh, talking about how so many people are itching to get out of corporate America, right? Because most people, like myself, are looking to find some kind of work-life balance, set their own schedule, be able to kind of decide what they want to do with their day, end their day when they want to, only sometimes to find that the day doesn't really end when you want it to. And you bring a lot of work home, and you never stop thinking about the office. And sometimes that work-life balance gets out of whack, right? And uh, the one thing that um, you luckily shared with me was the perfect opportunity to unplug, recharge, and reset the mindset. So why don't you tell everybody what we are doing next weekend? We are so excited because we are going to go on a retreat that is specifically designed for women business owners in South Florida in Fort Myers. And it is a mindset reset. It's going to be very low-key, lots of beach time. Um, We'll drink here or there. But also, here or there, just here or there, not too many. Um, But it's an opportunity to to sort of be with other women who are are driven and engaged to do things but also need a minute (laughs) to step back and maybe reevaluate where their business is going. There's some, you know, exercises to help clarify you know, what you want for the next coming, you know, 2022. Uh, and spend some time brainstorming with other women who are in similar positions, not only with their businesses, but balancing family life and trying to get some downtime. And so um, Nancy Corpenning, who is the owner of CEO School for Women, is hosting it. Yeah. Uh, and is a good friend of mine and uh, a great business coach. And she has put this together for a select group of women. So I cannot wait. So first of all, when you're here in Chicago and it's like a drizzly 54 degrees and your bones start to ache because you can feel Ray's favorite season creeping in on you, right? Nothing sounds better than the warm sand on your feet and the sunshine on your shoulders. So that's like the first thing. To me, that's like therapy. But it's really funny because the last couple of weeks I've been saying it, and actually this morning my son said it to me as he was begging to stay home from school. He's like, Mom, if the world could just stop for a day and Mm -hmm. let me catch up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been saying that for like the last two weeks. 
And I don't know if it's the adjustment coming out of COVID where everything slowed down and then all of a sudden it was like, ready, set, go. And we just, everything kind of turned back to normal and we're at full throttle right now and we're trying to adjust. Holy crap. I'm like, just stop. Just give me like, even I would take eight hours, right? Just let me, I feel like I need to catch my breath. And normally I'm like, you know, doing six things at once, everything's good. And now I'm like, oh, I need time out. Give me a time out here. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I am too. And, you know, what everybody talks about work-life balance, but I have this theory that there is no such thing as work-life balance. What there is is the ability to prioritize. And so if, you know, we had five children at home at one point, now we're down to really none. We're empty nesting. But there were times when I just couldn't, we couldn't make it to everything. But if someone needed something, somebody was sick or hurt or had a car accident or had a, an award ceremony, we were going to drop what we were doing immediately. So they knew that they were a priority, even if the time didn't feel balanced. And I think as women a lot, we don't balance that time to include ourselves, right. um, to, to refill the cup, as you like to say. Yep. Um, and, and this kind of weekend, away from anybody else needing any kind of attention, work or family or anything else, um, is going to be something that's really rejuvenating. That's awesome. And so I think the, the reason we wanted to share this with you is so if you are a small business owner, if you're a franchise owner out there, the one thing I, I really missed, um, and I can't believe it's been 15 years that I've been out of corporate America owning my own business now. It's insane how fast time goes. But, you know, in corporate America, there were always these, these training classes we went to, right? And every year you had this big, you know, manager's meeting you had to go to. And but then all you own your own business, like in a franchise setup, you, you may have your annual conventions for a couple of days, but there's really not a lot out there where people remind you to or force you to reinvest in yourself. And so if you're looking at adjusting from the corporate world into franchise ownership, don't forget to, to schedule some of that time. Um, and I know, you know, our good friend David Kajanik, he's really good at it scheduling time for himself, working with business coaches and things of that nature. And I think it really makes a difference on your outlook, not only on life, but how you deal with your businesses and things of that nature. So that's my tip of the day. And uh, and Nancy puts these on a couple of times a year. So if we have any women business owners who are looking for a community of women business owners to escape the world with, um, you can look it up at ceoschoolforwomen.com. And there's a sign-up link. I think you could even do a last-minute sign-up for this retreat, but she's doing another one in the spring. Just awesome. putting it out there for you. Yay. All right, good. We'll put it in the 2022 budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. That was the word on the street. Yeah. Hi, Ray. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Enjoying this wonderful weather we're having, except for it's rainy. But I mean, 55 degrees is like perfect. You know, actually walk outside and not break out in a sweat. With your flannel on, all cozy. (laughs) Can't can't wait for the snow to come. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. It's Halloween. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's getting it's getting here slowly but surely, and then. then we'll send it off to Michigan. Awesome. <laughs> Who's joining us today? Wow, we have some fantastic guests, two great people. Ron Feldman is the Chief Development Officer 
of Apple Pie Capital. Ooh. And also joining us is Steve White, and he is the the, uh, the president of PuroClean, and he's also chairman of Metgran, and that is one of the reasons we're going to talk to these gentlemen as to how their involvement is, you know, is with Metgran. Awesome. Awesome. Take it away, Kristen. Okay, great. So as everybody is aware, um, this month we're focusing on, of course, all things franchising, franchising being franchisees, franchisors, support systems and vendors of franchises, and cause-based marketing, as well as um, different systems and ways in which we can give back to the communities in which we live. And so, Ron and Steve, obviously for us, this was a great uh, couple of folks to have on the show today. Ron, Apple Pie in the Sky Guy, tell, tell us what you have for us today. What do you do for our listeners? Who, who do you give money to? Well, unfortunately, we don't give money to, to everyone. We, we oh, darn. Nice try. Nice try. Um, so Apple Pie is the only franchise-exclusive lender in the country that I'm We don't lend anywhere else. Awesome. I'm a franchising guy. I've been a franchisee three times. Um, and we, we learned how to, I learned how to lend money in the early 2000s. Uh, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, and Apple Pie is really a brand-focused first lender. So we, we, we identify great brands. We call them exceptional brands. Okay. And we build a relationship with those brands and try to be a capital solution provider for anything a franchisee needs, whether it's a, a remodel, a new unit, an acquisition, or they're selling and they need to uh, they need to get the buyer for them. So um, that that's what Apple Pie's mission is. Okay. Uh, it was formed in 2015. Um, I joined as an advisor back then, and uh, I was connived into joining the company full time <laughs> a couple of years later. So I've been involved for six and a half years. Been chief development officer for four and a half years. And uh, the exciting news is in 2021, we crossed the $1.2 billion lent mark. Wow. Um, nice. With an average loan size of about $700,000, you can do the math and know that's a lot of transactions. Oh. Um, we were very heavily involved in PPP. Uh-huh. Uh, some, some people like me for that. Some people hate me for that. But uh, it, was, it was a necessary evil for all of us. Yeah. Um, and really bailed out a lot of, uh, small business owners, especially in the franchise community, I got to give a shout out to the IFA. Yeah, I, absolutely. I was on, I was on those calls in March of 2020 with the IFA and Senator Marco Rubio's office, figuring out how to structure PPP. I was I was oh, on the wow. call where he said, "What if we created a loan that was forgiven?" Mm-hmm. Um, right. And. Uh, IFA worked very hard to make sure that franchisees got special exemptions yep. because there were limits to the number of employees. It was changed the number of employees per location. Those two words really saved a lot of multi-unit franchises. Well, I can tell you as um, a franchisee and someone who took advantage of that loan, it was incredible to have mm-hmm. that funding available. And I was able to keep 
almost every single person who worked for me pre-pandemic mm-hmm. up until today because we were able to make their, their checks whole throughout right. that whole period when we didn't yeah. have the list of clients that we had pre, uh, you know, post-pandemic or pre-pandemic. Yeah. So. And everyone likes Everyone likes to complain about it, and and, and, and they're, they're showing all the different fraud things that happened. They knew there was going to be fraud. They did this in right. 10 days. Yeah. When, when yeah. did our government do anything in 10 days? Right, you know, they, exactly. <laughs> well, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure there's going to be a way that we all wind up paying it back, and that's that's no different than a, a, a slew of other things we could talk about. But this, that's Don't another get me show. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I think what's interesting about Apple Pie right now is, again, we talk about um, not only the people who are looking to get into different endeavors, leave corporate America for all kinds of different reasons right now, but you also have the the post-COVID folks who say, you know what, I've had enough, I'm ready to retire. You have folks that have, maybe they didn't take advantage of the PPP loan, or maybe they didn't use it properly, or maybe for whatever reason, they just want to get out. And so it, it sounds to me like you are the guy to talk to for folks who want to buy a franchise right now. Yeah, as long as it's in one of our approved brands where, you know, we, we've, we've lent money to about 200 brands out of 3,800. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, we do have a brand screen that, that we, we will only lend in those brands. Okay. Um, but they're the brands that you all know. Um, right. And, you know, if it's the third unit for a new franchisor, we're probably not a good fit, but there's other folks that will refer you to that are. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, it's one of the interesting things coming out of COVID and one of the changes that we made, we try to be as creative as we possibly can. Um, most banks want to see tax returns to see historical financials. Mm-hmm. When you look at someone's 2020 tax return, it's not very pretty for most right. brands. Um, we actually don't count the months that you were closed. Awesome. They're just deleted. And we then annualize the months since you've been open to figure out what your actual projected cash flow is going to be. Um, and that's been very, very, very relevant in certain industries. And, you know, quick service restaurants, you didn't experience any downturn. You actually had an increase in sales right. uh, during the pandemic. But, you know, in industries like the salon industry, the fitness industry, the personal care franchises that are out there, uh, they all got hit pretty hard. And yep. um, to your point, there are some folks that want to get out, and there are some opportunistic acquisitions that can be made by other franchisees. And uh, we want to be very relevant to those, to those folks. That's awesome. And, and I know that you kind of dropped, dropped a, a line for us on, on a way that you're interested in a, in a group that you, that you work with in terms of giving back to the community. And that's where Steve White comes in, right, with VetFran? Is that, is that right, Steve? That's right. You have the VetFran Vet Committee. VetFran Initiative is a part of uh, the International Franchise Association's Nonprofit Educational Foundation. Awesome, and and obviously, okay, I think it, it kind of is self-explanatory when you say vet in the beginning, right? But tell us right. a little bit about what you do specifically for the veterans. Sure. So our, our 
military branches have people exiting every day after sometimes after a few years, sometimes after a whole career in the military, they're exiting and returning to civilian life. Um, the military has worked really hard at recent in recent years to try and help them with that transition. And they help them with things like resume writing skills and interviewing skills and they have some job fairs. But those are all things to help them get a job. And none of those teaches them how they might own their own business. So VETFRAN, as part of the Educational Foundation, exists to educate military veterans how they might own their own business through the vehicle of franchising. So that's what we do. We educate, and if people are interested, then we make it really easy for them to connect to uh, franchise brands that are members of the VETFRAN initiative. I, I, that's fantastic. Uh, as a veteran myself, I did not take advantage of that. But how could have you? I, I spent four years in the Air Force, and uh, how could you have helped me? You know, would you be involved in uh, trying to find me a franchise or the financing, helping me with finance? How would that work? Yep. Um, so we don't do any steering. Uh, our principal outreach is through our website, which is vetfriend.org, O-R-G, and that's our principal outreach. And then we we communicate and we try and uh, uh, reach out to people about that website. And within that website, there are a lot of educational resources about where you can find financing all the way to specific brands. And you can take a look at them. Uh, VetFriend has a star system ranking its franchisors. Uh, you have to go through some qualifications to even become a, met, a veteran, uh, a, a member of VetFriend, sorry. And um, if you are interested, you can go through and click on all these different brands and, and take a look at a little blurb about each brand. And if you have an interest in that particular brand, then you can simply click on a button and it'll take you right to that brand's franchise development website or their main website, which or whichever one they've got connected. And then you can investigate those things further. So we're all about the education. We don't steer toward any particular brands. We don't steer away from anybody. We we just have it out there. And you know, when and we're we're starting to do some some new things beyond that. But when the pandemic hit, we we just went back to basics. I'm a back to basics guy, right? When a crisis happens, you go and shore up the foundation, make sure that's strong. And so we really went back to basics on the VetFriend website and and um, traffic across that website went through the roof. I mean, it, it, and we saw huge increases in the number of visitors. We saw huge increases in the number of people who went from learning about uh, franchise opportunities right to some brands, uh, directly to a brand site, a member brand site. And uh, it continued all last year. And even into this year, now we're seeing big increases over the big increases we saw a year ago. So we're really excited about what it's done. Um, And by the way, this is the 30th anniversary of the VetFran initiative. So there are not a lot of things in IFA land have been around for 30 years, but VetFran has. And uh, we're, you know, we all take it as a really important work to keep it going and to keep it going at the very highest possible levels. 
I know in my case that would have been extremely helpful if I had known about it at the time, but I wasn't aware of it. And, uh, of course, those resources, I, I took a year and a half to uh, basically find out what I wanted to do uh, as far as owning a business. And uh, I, I immediately shifted towards franchising because I thought that had the best hope for success. And I was right. And But my message to other veterans out there is basically take advantage of all of your resources. And this sounds like something that is really something that you need to do. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm a data analytics guy. Um, data kind of forced into being that, that kind of a persona in the business that I'm in. And I got excited about that brand in 2008. Um, so, you know, if we all remember, a little crisis happened back then um, in the financial world. And I was meeting with Gordon Logan, um, who's the founder of Sport Clips. Mm. And we were just talking about, you know, well, we said, you know, Gordon Logan thought this was the best thing that ever happened, this downturn for his franchisees, because people are going to trade down to get their haircut. He was a low-cost up, you know, you know, option for them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jerry. Um, and and uh, <laughs> we, we, so I was talking to him, and he said, "Yeah, we have 10% of our franchisees are veterans, and we go, and he's a veteran, and we go after veterans because veterans know how to follow a playbook. They know how yep. to follow an operations right. manual, and they don't have to come up with the idea, but they're great at execution." And then I went to another big brand, UPS stores. You said the same thing to me. When I heard it twice from two very smart people, I said, this is probably a good idea. We should get behind it. So that's kind of where where I got excited about investing. That's awesome. Well, I think it's a great service that you're providing. We obviously had um, we had some great people on here that were, that were veteran-owned franchises and such. And so I always think it's great when we give back to the people who've done so much for our country. So I thank you both for being involved in that brand. I think it's a it's a great cause for us. So, um, and and how do folks get a hold of either one of you if they'd like to talk to you about either either Ron for you Apple Pie Capital or Steve with you for Vet Brand? So my my email is real easy. It's Ron at applepiecapital.com, um, or you can just go to applepiecapital.com and and click more info whatever you want. Um, that's probably the easiest way to find me. Okay, excellent. And Steve, how about you? I'm almost as easy as Ron. You, have, you need my whole name, Steve White at PuroClean.com. So uh, pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Okay, great. And, and a shout-out to PuroClean because that's your franchise as well. Would you like to just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, you know, PuroClean to me is one of those brands that proves there's a franchise for almost everything these days. And what my franchisees do is – water, fire, mold, damage, cleanup. So when somebody has water or fire or mold damage in their home or in their business or wherever it is, uh, we roll out and uh, it's an emergency services business. We roll out at all, all hours of the day and night and we take care of that because in a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of cases, uh, when the damage is extreme, that family or that business cannot re-inhabit that space until we do our work. Yeah. So that's what we do every single day. That's that's that hard that hard work that really pulls at your heartstrings. I'm sure you walk into disaster all the time. So thank you to you and you, you and your team for the kind of work that you do. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you. And thanks for being involved in that brand again. 
And of course, all the contact information for both of you guys will be on our website. Uh, you can also go back and find it again at pillarsoffranchising.com. And Fred, I understand you're going to take us to a commercial here real fast. Well, actually, wait, there's a couple of questions that have come in from chat. So oh, let's, excellent. Oh. Let's see. Ooh. So the first one is Tehran. And somebody coming to you for um, funding, what are they going to need to bring with them? In other words, what types of documentation, things like that, are you going to need before you can help them? Great. Well, um, the, the good news is we've got a flow that you can follow. Um, so you're not ever going to email anything to us. We don't like having anything with any numbers on it flowing through email systems. That's, you know, a data breach waiting to happen. Um, so we will walk you through our process, the digital process. The common things you're going to have to have are your assets, your liabilities, and if you're an existing franchisee, your existing financials uh, could be a QuickBooks P&L balance sheet. Um, if you're buying a business, a letter of intent would be very helpful. If you're developing a unit, at least in letter of intent to do a lease, you don't necessarily need the lease per se, but hard to underwrite a loan if you don't know what the rent's going to be. Amen. Um, and ultimately a business plan, unless you've already got six units, then you know what your business plan is. Um, but uh, the, the typical things you would need for a banker, but we're going to actually prompt you to upload all those things. Uh, we also have the ability uh, for you to just give us the ability to go into your QuickBooks if you're on QuickBooks Enterprise and you don't have to do anything. You can just pull it in. Nice. A uh, follow-up question on that is for the person that wants to buy a franchise, which is, I'm assuming, our chatter, is there a minimum credit score that you would need? Well, if you're going for an SBA loan, it's different than if you're going for one of our conventional loans. Uh, our conventional loans, again, are only made for those brands that we have approved. Um, you know, our, our minimum credit score is 680, but our average credit score is 770. Um, so, uh, but, you know, we'll look at anyone with a 680. More important than the credit score is if you're coming out of corporate America and you have a big personal nut that you have to cover every month and you're buying a franchise that you're not going to make any money from for the first year in one of these membership-based businesses, we need to see that you have a cash to survive until you're going to get there. And even if your credit score, we, we turn down people with 800 credit scores and approve people with 650 credit scores. It really depends on the whole picture, not just the score. Excellent. Now, that you actually provided a perfect segue into the question for Steve, which is uh, if somebody wanted to buy a PuroClean, what's the upfront um What's the upfront cost? And then we, of course, add the Ray multiplier, which is two and a half times. Right. So um, if you want to be care become a pure clean franchise owner, I'd like to see you have $150,000 liquid. We have an equipment package that's a little less than $60,000. You need a truck that's a little over $40,000 in our franchise fee, which is 55. And then as Ron so importantly pointed out, efficient working capital. Now, um, revenue flows pretty fast in our business because of the nature of it. Um, but, you know, I don't, I want to make sure people are coming in and they're, they have the proper cushion to get a good start. 
Okay. Yeah. And our chatter seems to like that. And our chatter agrees you should be doing radio commercials. I think we want you to do one for Pillars of Franchising. <laughs> I hear it multiple times a, a month. My, my most frequent response is uh, I have a uh, voice for TV but a face for radio. <laughs> and now you know why I'm behind the camera. <laughs> well, thank you both for joining us today. We so appreciate your time. We look forward to see you again real soon. And this has been Pillars of Franchising. Of course, we're not even close to being done today, but you are joining us here with our Million Dollar Franchise Mentoring Program, where you have uh, wisdom and experience from Ray Pillar, David Kajanek, and Jerry Akers, and myself, Kristen Schultz-Lexi. Here on Pillars of Franchising, we offer advice and um, any kind of questions that you might have from running a business to buying a business. We are here as your franchising resource. Please, at any point in time, go online. You can fill out a What's Your Dream? Uh, the Dream Starts Here form to be on the show if you're a franchisee or franchisor or franchise supplier. You can also apply there if you'd like to buy a franchise. We are here to help you with that process as well. And again, you are listening to Pillars of Franchising. So I believe that Elizabeth has a shout-out or two. So why don't we bring Elizabeth in for a second? Elizabeth, who are you shouting out to? I'm shouting out right now to, since we talked about veterans and veteran, um, Laura Spalding is someone that has been on the show to promote her, uh, her franchise giveaway for veterans. Um, they're still looking for applicants. The door has not shut yet. So if you are a veteran, um, log on to franchise at spaldingdecon.com and you can apply there doing a giveaway where I think she put about, what was it, $50,000? Yeah, $50,000 of franchise fee. Yeah, they're waiting the franchise fee for a qualified applicant. So uh, she would like to encourage that, just like the Vet Friend group does, to become business owners. So be sure to look out for that. Yeah, and she awesome. does great work. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And now a moment to pay our bills. Oh, sure. Throw that one at me. Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or Westvine with a Y dot com. Well, the timing of that was almost uncanny, wasn't it? Hey, I try. Unfortunately, there so, she is. Sometimes <laughs> I succeed. Timing. Sometimes I fail. We are welcoming Michelle Rumpel. Hi, Michelle from Westline Media Marketing. Hi. How are you? Good. Yeah, that timing was pretty spectacular. 
Yes, it was. We wanted to bring you on for, for a few moments today to talk about cause-based marketing. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do for beginning franchisees in terms of getting their word out and the kind of results that you see? Yeah, so cause-based marketing isn't new, right? A lot of small businesses and large businesses have been aligning themselves with uh, some sort of charitable cause or organization for for a long, long time. Um, they've seen the, the advantages of uh, doing that, not only to, the, to their bottom line, but also just to be a good uh, steward in the community and taking care of the community in some way, shape, or form. So now there's a lot of great examples of that. Um, you know, one that has kind of been more popular in recent years is, for example, the Tom Shoes, right? They donate a pair of shoes to, for every pair that they sell. That's just sure. one example. But, that, you know, those of you that are involved, Ray and Kristen and uh, Molly Maid, Molly yeah. Maid Corporate aligns themselves with um, the Molly Maid Foundation, which, you know, works with um, domestic violence shelters, and they devote the whole month of this month, October, um, for uh, highlighting that cause and collecting items for, um, you know, for the shelters and and money and and percentage of clean. So it's not not something new. However, in the last couple of years, businesses have really been trying to find ways to not only stay afloat, (laughs) which is not funny, but it's you know, right. kind of apropos, but also just to um, find ways to stand out and at the same time acknowledge that a lot of, lot of people in the community have been hurting and uh, just you know, really struggling. So yeah. cause-based marketing has kind of become more pop. The term has maybe become a little more popular lately just because of that. Yeah. And it's just a really... Uh, We've, we've seen um, many of our clients talk about, you know, we really have a heart for X, Y, or Z, and we'd like to figure out a way to not only benefit them, but also kind of align ourselves with them and get the, get the sure. out. So, yeah, that's, sure. that's what that's all about. Yeah, the one thing that I really like about West Sign and, and far before we started doing things with, you know, the show and everything, um, what I like about it is, Although owning this particular franchise, there is a franchisor-supported um, cause, if I wanted to go out and, like, I support the local baseball teams, right? That's one of the things that I do. Right. I can always call you as a franchisee and say, hey, I'm supporting this team. Can you put it out there on Twitter and on Facebook for me? And sure. as a franchisee, it doesn't cost a lot of money to put out those localized social media spots and, and get yourself really engaged in the community. And that was the one thing I really wanted to point out about having a, a company like yours. Um, it doesn't cost a lot of money, but the reach that you have close within your community, whether you're a small business, whether you're a franchisee, for really a low amount of money, you can have a big community impact. Um, and so there, as we all know, or most of us at least on the show know, there are a lot of franchisors out there who don't have hundreds and hundreds of franchises in a system. There are a lot of franchisors out there that don't have a corporate run or corporate sponsored cause or charity. 
that doesn't mean that giving back to your community is not important. So, and I think that that's where working with a company like Westvine becomes very important. And don't forget, you know, if any of you out there already have a franchise or a small business, you've got to be getting the phone calls and the letters from your local schools, from your local sports teams like I do. <laughs> All the time, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, and right now I get the letter from the police department. It's, you know, getting to be Christmas time, right? And they want me to buy, you know, the Christmas presents for under the tree, which we do every year. Those are great things to put out there. Again, it may seem a little bit like you're tooting your own horn, but you want your community to know that as a business, you're not just taking money out of the community, but you're giving back. Right. And and so some may say, oh, well, you're just putting your own out. You're just doing it for the, for the press. No, we're really not. But it's important that people understand that you are trying to be a part of the fabric of the community. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to align your business with your own, you know, align your business with an organization that shares your values or shares even or it has values that are really important to your team members, right? So, sure. um, you know, if I'm, you know, going back to the Molly Maid example, um, most of the Molly Maid teams are female, right? A lot of them uh, may be um, single moms that just, you know, could have been in the past struggling with whatever. Um, and so knowing that they're, their company that they're working for is doing something about helping other usually females, not always, but usually females, usually parents, um, with going through a really difficult situation. That's something that a lot of those team members feel like they can get behind. So it's really, you know, it'd be kind of weird if, if Molly Maid was selecting a, an organization or a cause that just didn't really have anything or any kind of alignment or anything to do with it. And then you could tell, oh, that was definitely selected by the owner and the team right. had no, don't care, had no input, had, you know, nothing to it. So sure. that's, it's really important to align, align your whole team. That makes it less look like, right. oh, you're just shooting your own horn and more right. about, you know, this, this means something to all of us. Yeah. Not just, can not just can you tell our listeners a little bit about, um, you know, maybe the top three or four platforms that you would, help get word out to their clients about some of the things or some of the charity work that they're doing, what are kind of the three maybe most popular? Yeah. So the, you know, of course, an obvious one is Facebook and closely aligned with that is, is Instagram. You kind of, you know, now that they're owned by the same company and there's a lot of cross uh, posting that you can do to both. And now there's cross uh, marketing with ads and things like that. You can uh, reach two different, two kind of demographics, there is some overlap, but, you know, Facebook tends to be now blends more you know, older and then Instagram ones younger usually overlap. So that's an obvious one. Um, but YouTube as well can be really cool if you're maybe taking a video of the fundraise, fundraising drive or the giveaway or the great big check that you're donating or whatever. Taking that video, posting it to Facebook and Instagram, but also posting it to YouTube can be um, pretty cool, and it just stays on there forever, and people can go check it out and see what happens, or, you know, hey, look, I'm on this, you know, we're on this video, and, you know, the, the team members, if they're on it, could share it or whatever. So may, those things are highly shareable. 
Um, those are probably your your top three. Now, as far as the organization is concerned, uh, sharing that at LinkedIn is also a good thing. So those are probably, those would be the, the top four. And then for some people that are really involved in the more local, uh, there's um, Nextdoor, you know, you can do that. Um, you might even post it to your Google My Business page, things like that. So there's lots of options to get okay. the word out. Awesome. And um, would you like to give everybody uh, a way to contact you in case, obviously, if they're starting a new business, they need to set up Facebook pages and LinkedIn pages. How do they get in, in touch with you at West Pine? Yeah, so mine is pretty easy, too. Mine's Michelle with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, at West Pine. It's W-E-S-T-B-Y-N-E dot com, and I'm happy to answer your questions. Awesome. Thank you. And and of course, we'll have it on the website at affiliatesoffranchising.com. And I thank you. I know in the future, we're going to have you back on talking about the importance of having the proper um, website out there in terms of Facebook and LinkedIn and all those great places if you're going to start a business. So yeah. I appreciate your time. And thank coming you. by once again on Affiliates of Franchising. We hope you have a great day. And we look forward to having you again in the future. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. She's on mute again. Jeez, you'd think I would learn a lesson, right? Um, anyway, I was saying thank you to Michelle for that uh, wrap-up to our month of cause marketing and all the guests that we've had this month who have shared their passions for philanthropy and how they support each one of the organizations that they do. Um, we also want to mention we had a lot of comments in the first segment, which was really fun. So if you would like to call in during the show and ask questions in real time, our number is 323-580-5755. Again, that is 323-580-5755. And up next, we've got Dave Kajanik. He is going to talk about strategies for success. So stay tuned. Hey, David. Hey, look at that. I popped up on the screen right away today. You did, and you don't have mute on. No. Just kidding, Elizabeth. <laughs> well, she's gonna hurt me back. later. You know, I'm going to the OSHA with her next weekend, which means I may not come back. Yep. <laughs> I have to behave myself. Hey, I'm dying to know about some of your strategies for success. Yeah, well, I, I thought I think one of them was just with our segment was that I thought that was really cool that people you know are wondering if they can finance their business. There's there's financing options out there. I know that's usually one of the biggest questions everybody has. Is how am I going to pay for this thing? How am I going to get this open? So I thought that was cool. And obviously, all of us should get behind any program that helps and benefits veterans. I thought that was fantastic. So cool double combo on that one. I, uh, I enjoyed that. But, yeah, so today, I think today is going to be kind of a, the last in this little bit of a series, kind of what I was talking about. It's hard to dream business, which we reference almost every show with how many people are leaving corporate America. So this is... This is more of a reality check, I think, because it's easy to say this is what I'm going to do. I'm leaving, and I'm going to open up my own business, right? That's the easy part. Yeah. So what's the strategy that gets behind it, right? And, and I think a lot of people, when they make that move, they get stuck all of a sudden because they start, it becomes daunting. Yeah. And then they start hearing a little chirping in their, in their ears from people going, what are you doing? Why did you quit that secure job? And now, you know, businesses fail. And they get a little bit of cold feet. 
and then they wait. But you, you, you can't just wait, right? You have to work for it and you have to get going. Um, and you have to put some processes in place and, and have some strategies. So I think where I got this from was I was, I was, I looked at this, this study and I, mean, I saw this study came across and said 7% of the people take action daily toward the attainment of their goal. So at least one goal. So their goal. So I know a lot of people that say, oh, I'd love to own my business, um, own my own business. And I don't do anything towards, towards getting started. Right. right. So I, I, again, I think that's where franchising comes in. It takes a lot of the unknown away. So, um, it's <laughs> here's the quote, and I think I think anyone who's listening would can relate this or should relate to it. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks, and then starting on the first one. I like How many that. of us, when we got started, didn't know what first step to take? Yep. Right. And I think a lot of people might be sitting there, and that's why we exist. We exist with the franchise operation, uh-huh. the opportunity, and the mentoring that we can provide. To yeah. me, that's step one. That makes it so much easier And someone's sitting there going, hmm, what am I going to do? What do I have to do? What's my first step? Yeah. You know what's funny about that is when I um, decided to buy a business, luckily I had just come out of a, um, a, a planning position, and I was doing Gantt charts. And so I literally did a Gantt chart from when my projected opening date was, and I backtracked into what could be my last day of work to what was going to be my training date, what was, like, everything went on a Gantt chart. And it put things in perspective. And I may have been off a day or two one way or another, but at least it got me started and I had deadlines, right? Like, I had a plan. Yeah, I, I think it's great. But And then here's the other thing. I'm sure when you were doing that, you're saying, okay, kind of, where am I right now? Yep. Where do I want to be? And what's that look like when I get there? What, what's that end? Sorry, we talked about that. Start at the end of mine. What does that look like? And then what steps do I take to get from where I am today to, to my dream, to that future, that, to that vision that I have for myself? Yeah. And as you said, you took steps right away to say, okay, here's, here's where it's exiting. But you had some steps before that, right? I mean, you already okay. kind of just did what I, what I talked about, right? You didn't just yeah. say, all right, I'm done, right? Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you're doing a, a corporate exit, you know, many people, at least I did, right, you know, had stocks I had to exercise. And you, you, there were certain things and timelines associated with that. So you had to be very careful with how you did it. And it, and it does yeah. take planning. You don't just up and quit one day. No, and, but on the flip side of that, make sure you're make sure you're examining, you know, the, your actions, which will not do, because there's so many people that won't get started unless it's perfect. I'll get yeah. started when yeah. I'm not going to quit until, you know, those yeah. types of things. I, that's gonna you're gonna be sitting there and then worrying about it 20 years from now, going, I should have done that because. Mm-hmm. Getting started is that first step because so many of us, it's never going to be perfect. I'll, I'll say that right now. It's nev- you can always find something that's going to say, yeah, I can get started, but this is going on, mm-hmm. or I have to do this. Right. You know, and we talked about, I mean, you just talked about with you, Danny. 
you know, we, we had a garage sale, right? We sold everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, we could have easily said, wow, why would we quit two really secure corporate jobs to go do the riskiest business in the world, right? Basically. Well, yeah. you know, so, so we, we had that, we had that thought, we had that, and we had a strategy in place saying, this is what we're going to do, but we had to take that first step. And the first step was investing into a franchise. That was, Absolutely. that made it all easier. That made it a lot, a lot easier. So, you know, consider all the options, utilize, you know, use all the resources available to you. We just had a great financing option to us. And then the other thing is embrace the challenges. And one of those challenges, you have to remove all the like non-essential things in your life. And, and it's, you have to come to grips that you're going to give up some stuff. You're going to give up some things to achieve what you want to do. And if you're not willing to give up um, some things that, that you really like, but they don't help you in achieving your goal, then you, then you have to have a reality check with yourself. Because to make that switch, you're going to give up some. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so have a strategy. Consider all the options. Get into franchising and get mentored, right? Yes. That's the first step. And, uh, and, understand, and understand some of the challenges you're going to have to embrace. And that includes giving up some things. And uh, most importantly, get, get started. Get started. Don't, it's never going to be a perfect time. Very good advice, David. I really like that you pointed that out, that it's never going to be perfect. I really appreciate your time that you put into this subject. And uh, we can't wait to see what you come back with next week. And uh, as always, David is our resident expert on leadership and getting things done and uh, all of the stuff that so many people forget is much needed in business. Thank you so much, David. You're welcome. And next up, we have Jerry Akers. Oh, no, we don't. It's Elizabeth, <laughs> but she's on mute again. Yeah, it's my, it's my thing now. I'm just going to stick with it. Um, at any rate. Um, David's conversation made me, <laughs> made me think of having kids. It's never, you're never perfectly prepared to have a baby, but we do it because we know we want one, right? So if you are ready to start your franchising dream, go to the pillars of franchising.com and fill out our form um, and check the box that says, I want to buy a franchise. There are a lot of other options. So if you fall into those categories, if you want to be a sponsor, if you need a mentor, check those boxes. You can check multiple boxes. Um, so go to pillarsoffranchising.com. You should get a pop-up, and we also have a contact us page with those forms. Next up, Jerry Akers is going to talk to us um, about the opportunities arising out of Zoomers leading the market. Jerry, I love how dedicated you are because this is the second call today I've been on with you, and you four men are in your car roving the universe. Where did we catch you today? You know, I'm between my home market and the state capital. Um, I had an opportunity today to meet with the lieutenant governor and the leadership of NFIB to talk about business-related bills that will be coming up this year and, you know, and insiders, a franchisees' thoughts on those and, you know, helping change the direction of what might end up being be a bill that impacts, you know, every citizen of the state. So I was there and I found a parking lot there to do the first call. And I'm about halfway home and pulled over in the parking lot to do the second call. And, you know, Christian, David said, you know, when, you, when you're doing your planning for a franchise, you know, you've got to have uh, the end in mind and talk about the journey and things like that. Give some thought to it. If somebody told me that I'd be squeezing in minutes in a journey to do a call 
from a parking lot of a gas station or a restaurant <laughs> on a regular basis, I'm not sure I'd remember to put that on my journey. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not sure I would either. But I have to tell you, I, I think it speaks volumes at how dedicated you are to, to doing whatever you can to get on the show and share the information you have. And, again, I know I speak on behalf of everyone on this show and everyone who listens to you, people who are out there working in franchises. Um, your dedication to all the small businesses and franchise owner, owners out there is really appreciated. Going to Washington, going to the capital of your state and working for all of us to make sure that the voices of business is heard is so very important. And, uh, you know, I'll say what you always say, which is make sure that you sign up and get involved in the IFA and NFIB and make sure that your voice is also heard. So thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. You know, um, it, it's easy to step back and uh, be working in your business and complaining about taxes and regulations and what goes on in your state capital or, or D.C. Um, but if you really want to let people know what's going on, I mean, they don't know. They don't know what it takes to run a business and yeah. make payroll. Most of them, many of them went straight from college into, you know, somewhere working in legislatures and they got elected and they kept moving. So they may have never done anything except hold a job and then, uh, you know, go to the state capital or D.C., so if business owners don't come and tell them what the impact of their thoughts are on small business, which, by the way, impacts every citizen in a state in some way, shape, or form, uh, then then you get what you get, right? So, right. Um, but, Christian, we got a lot to talk about in a few minutes here related to business itself. So yeah. lead on. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about how someone – got listeners out there right now. Obviously, we had some, some folks chatting with us online today, which is great. And their questions lead right into to the kinds of things that I want to talk to you about. So we've got people out there who are thinking about buying a business, buying a franchise. How would I go about knowing how much a franchise should cost me? We know it depends on the type of franchise, right? Obviously, McDonald's is sky high, but maybe buying a local Great Clips is a different ball game versus buying a local, um, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts is a different ball game. How do I go about even having an idea about that and and when I get an idea how do I evaluate that to know if it's accurate well you know there's uh you, you that's a broad subject so we'll try and narrow it, it down is. and take it in bites right so if you're just starting your journey uh the first place I would go to is google because you can google all kinds of things you can look at entrepreneur magazine's top 500 franchise list they put out every year and start mm-hmm. segmenting that on that list it would give you some ideas of the ranges of valuation of new franchisees if you were to buy or franchises if you were to buy one uh you can you can google the franchise itself many times on their homepage, they will give you an idea what kind of range it looks like mm-hmm. um you know there's there's a lot of web pages out there that can help guide you through that process whether it be for new franchises or even existing franchises in some cases so a starting point is just to get some kind of an idea of what they think it's worth now okay. if you're talking about an existing franchise in many cases, that's going to be valued on a multiplier of net profits. And you're not going to know anything about that until you get into a conversation with the broker and eventually the owner. So uh, you should do some research, get to the point where you believe maybe that's something you're interested in. And then if it's an existing one, schedule a call with the broker. We haven't, we actually have a couple brokers and fillers, right? You and right. David are brokers. So they could call you guys 
and right. describe what they're looking for. And you could probably give them some kind of an idea, maybe even the specifics of that exact one. So there's a lot of resources out there. Don't sit back and just ponder it. Actually go out and get some data so that you can have some thought processes and make some decisions. That's very good. And actually, one of the questions from Chatter, and I love that we're having Chatters out there right now, what are the top three franchise verticals that you like personally right now? Oh, my gosh. You're putting me on the spot out there. Yeah. I love it when our listeners do this, you know. Well, you know, uh, personal service type things. Uh, you can look at uh, massage or, uh, you know, I'm in hair and chiropractic, but there's all kinds of personal service things out there. One of the things we know about Americans, we saw it, you know, post-COVID, they immediately went back to their, you know, getting their nails done and their yeah. hair done and all those kinds of things because we're kind of addicted to that. So yeah. you have a market that's probably never going anywhere. Um, sure. Let's face it, Amazon likely is never going to do hair or massage <laughs> or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you're probably in a market that if you're in personal care that's going to be around for a long time. The competition is mainly your local competition. It's an all-cash market or credit, you know, so you don't have receivables. Those are, those are that would be my number one that I would look at right now is personal care type things. Um, you know, home service type things. Most of us want to take care of our capital. So the things like what you do, Kristen and Ray, those are never going away. We're going to need those kinds of things forever. Uh, yep. We had Steve on, uh, you know, awesome. clean up when there's a catastrophe. Yep. Those things are going to happen. There's nothing we can do about that. So I really like the things related to um, to home care, upkeep, yep. that kind of stuff. And then the next one is uh, maybe a little surprising uh, because I'll just be up front. I don't really like food service. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot of great models out there that you'll do really well with. I also think you can easily get into one that will do poorly. Yep. And uh, it, it's very competitive. However, COVID taught us that there are some, some, I'll call them fast casual models right. that just thrive during the COVID and the COVID recovery. And the fact that you didn't have a lot of seating didn't make any difference because most okay. of it was carry out or, uh, you know, what, a grub hub or something like that. Sure. So that, that had some resiliency that many other food brands did not have. So for me right now, those are the top three that I'm taking a look at for myself and for people that I mentor. And if anybody wants to talk about any of those, I'll be happy to talk about some of the ins and outs. That's awesome. And a follow-up question for that, and this is, again, a broad one for you, but I, I think based on this conversation, you could probably ballpark some of them. Um, and this will be assuming it's a new franchise. Do you have any idea on min-max startup costs? Yeah, that's a very broad one. And, you know, again, we had three categories there, and they're going to be different. So fast, casual restaurants will have a higher startup cost generally than the other brands that we talked about um, because – you know, you've got a lot of kitchen equipment and all those kinds of things that yep. go into it. Real um, estate, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just a broad range of things. And if you were to look into that, I'm guessing most of those are going to be somewhere in the mm -hmm. 250 to 500,000 range. Uh, and that'll get you set up. Most of them will have some cash flow built into it to get you to the point where you're in business and maybe you're breaking even or close to break even. But that would probably be the range you would look at there, depending on the brand. If you're going to look into uh, something in the... Um, personal care side of things, probably, uh, you know, you're looking at about 200 to 400, somewhere in that range. Um, now, remember, folks, when you're listening out there, much of this will be borrowed capital. Much of this will be borrowed capital. So don't get lost in the fact that you don't have a quarter of a million dollars sitting in your bank right. account. 
what you're going to have to have is decent credit. You're going to have to have a little longevity uh, where you live, uh, maybe a little bit of experience, not necessarily in the brand that you choose or even the category that you choose, but in business or something like that to show that you can, you know, read a spreadsheet and make some decisions and those kinds of things. But that's, that's kind of the range I would look at for those categories. But remember, even within each of the categories, there'll be a really broad difference. For instance, if you're making sub sandwiches, you'll need far less kitchen equipment than if you've got a, a griddle and a fryer and a variety of other things involved yeah. in it. So just remember, but the, the cool thing is, as we talked about before, you can find all of this information readily. Uh, I am a personal favorite. Uh, my personal favorite is the entrepreneur magazine, top 500 franchises. They rank them every year. They'll show you how many years they've been on the list, what the average cost is, how many units they have, where they're looking for units, all those kinds of things. So for me, that's the number one place I would go to to get more information. Absolutely. And, and it is true. David and I can both help with that as well. We are um, certified brokers now. We can certainly go through that with you. We do personality profiles to make sure that we can match the skill sets and the personality traits that you have with the franchise that best fits uh, with those, as well the investment capital that you have. We can match you with lenders and things of that nature to make sure that we find the, the exact perfect fit for you. So um, feel free, again, to fill out the, uh, uh, the what's your dream or the dream starts here on the Pillars of Franchising website. And I think Jerry's got some great information, some of the same things that we talked about. And race tip, again, is to make sure whatever they say your costs are, two and a half or two and a half times, whatever that number is, we found that in pretty much all of our cases to be uh, accurate. So that, that number is very conservative. So make sure that you take a hard look at that. Jerry? Kristen, the last comment I'll make is going to actually reinforce what you just said. When I talk about going to do online research and those kinds of things, many fra uh, potential franchisees will start trying to save pennies. And right. by saving pennies, I mean maybe they want to try and put the deal together themselves or something like that. Yeah. And they're going to waste not just dollars, but maybe tens of thousands of dollars before they get done. Get somebody experienced in the business. Get somebody that knows the brokerage side of things that has lots of resources and lots of information and can, you know, tie you into some, some conversations with some experts and really make sure that you're getting an expert to help you make that final decision. Don't save a couple pennies there because it'll, it'll never work out for you. So do some online research, but then reach out to somebody that actually has some background in it. Absolutely. Jerry, thank you so much. We can't wait to see you again next week. As always, we appreciate all the time and effort that you put into your portion of the show. And uh, we will see you again next week right here on Pillars of Franchising. Thank you. Thank you. And again, this has been another great episode of Pillars of Franchising. I would love to thank my million-dollar mentor team, uh, Jerry Akers, Ray Killer, David Kajanik, and um, our creative director, Elizabeth Denham, and our behind-the-scenes Heidi, and as well, obviously, Fred McMurray. And a special shout-out to our guest today, Michelle Rempel. Uh, Steve White with Puro Clean, and of course, Ron Feldman with Apple Pie Capital. Um, please visit our website, philosophfranchising.com. You can find The Dream Starts Here on the lower right-hand corner. And as well, you can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, just about any social media platform you can find. And uh, please be sure to like us, share us, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week on the same channel you found us this week at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Again. Okay.